good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet uh, movie podcast. For those of you who, like us, live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other various movie snacks, like all the different M&Ms they keep coming out with. Now, there's the original M&M and there's the peanut M&M. Now, they got caramel M&Ms that are supposed to be battling against milk duds and they got peanut and peanut butter and all kinds of crazy shit um as always mm. i am rick williamson your very best good movie buddy and with me as usual our co-hosts our other very good movie buddy the canadian machine mr david melhorn david how you doing today i'm feeling great i am also feeling great we've been it's it there's nothing quite like feeling like vindicated you know being excited for something and having mm -hmm. it deliver Right? Absolutely. That's you know, there's there's a level of disappointment that you get when it doesn't quite meet expectations. And then, you know, if 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 something you didn't have expectations for is good, then you're like, oh, that was a pleasant surprise. But when you're pumped for something and it just crushes it, meets everything that you could ever want, you you get in that sweet spot. And that's mm -hmm. where you and I are today. Absolutely. Why are we like that? Well, we had the joy the absolute joy of seeing Logan Lucky last night and everybody should know by this point if you've listened to many of our podcasts mm -hmm. but both Rick and I are huge you and I are both huge Steven Soderbergh Oceans movies fans big fan um, and this was kind of advertised as redneck Ocean's Eleven. I mean, they say it in the movie, Ocean's Seven Eleven. Yeah, absolutely. Which, and which it, that fits. Absolutely. Um, and so I think we were both pumped. You had great actors around it, mm -hmm. actors and actresses around it, and previews looked great. I mean, I don't think Soderbergh's previews ever like get you like crazy hyped. Like they're always good, but like it's not like it's an action film where like you see some crazy action or. Right. He doesn't usually let off a lot of his really good jokes in movies like right. too many comedies do, I feel like. Um, so it's like you see the preview and you're like, all right, good actors, some f different roles and those types of things. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, at this point, I think, you know, I think we both walked out and said, you know, Soderbergh's definitely become one of those directors that we just have to give the benefit of the doubt to and 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 go and see i mean pretty much like the guy it really jumps all over the place more so than i think any other director i mean and not to get too much into soderbergh as, as much as we love him but you got the guy who i mean this guy just does weird shit this guy is an academy award-winning director for he did traffic he did aaron brockovich he did the oceans 11 12 and 13 he did the girlfriend experience with Sasha Gray, mm -hmm. who's a porn star. I just I read that. Um, <laughs> he did the huge two-part Che Guevara epic. And then he does weird shit. Like, he's just, I'm going to be the second unit director on Hunger Games. Right. <laughs> like, just because I feel like it. Or I'm going to be the cinematographer. I'm not going to direct Magic Mike XXL, which you were correct about. I was going to say. But I'm going to be the cinematographer. Like, I'm just going to, that's, as P, and I'm going to use a fake name. Like, it just feels like this guy just loves movies and loves being a part of movies. And so seeing that diversity is really exciting because you do get his prestige pictures. He'll do thrillers. He'll do weird sex movies. He'll do, he did Behind the Candelabra. Yeah, which was um, weird. Which, but I mean. It was really good. It was just weird. It's just, I mean, goofy, you know, I mean, the whole plastic surgery thing oh, you know absolutely. whatever <laughs> and then he does a crowd pleaser or crowd pleasers like the oceans movies and magic mike and because he's built this prestige he can get like pretty much anybody he wants to be in his movies i mean the oceans movies alone were just kind of a feat on their own with yeah. the amount of people he got into those. And I'm sure Clooney had a big part of it. Sure. You know, Clooney's great at recruiting people. Sure. And um, he's buddy buddy with half of those guys. Yeah. And but you like look at even like traffic. Traffic had so many people in That's that. That's an insane cast. Yeah. Even Aaron Brockovich, who yeah. while not as big, has an excellent cast. Absolutely. And and that's sort of one of the main topics here. But before we actually, we're gonna mix it up a little bit today. Is we're gonna we're gonna give our non-spoiler thoughts about Logan Lucky first, and then parlay that into a different conversation about actors. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, a, a very specific conversation. But David, since you're this is right in your wheelhouse, I mean, we've already kind of buried the lead here, but Logan Lucky was one of, if not your most anticipated film of the summer. It was, and it's 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 arrived, and it's arrived to certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes. Critics love it. Sadly, it doesn't look like it's going to blow up the box office. I think part of that is just because it's just a dead time of year. I think if you remember, though, with like Ocean's Eleven, too, when it came out, it never, I mean, it had a, definitely had a bigger opening um, when it first came out, but it was kind of a steady, it had legs for sure. And I sure. can see this movie for sure having legs as well. Um, I mean, it, it ended up being a huge success, but right, like, foreign. I, I remember that movie like still making good money, like, Two months after, oh yeah, it was out. Oh for sure. So, um, I mean, it didn't it didn't go crazy. Like no. it didn't have a gigantic opening weekend. It, I mean, Ocean's only opened to like thirty five, thirty eight, but it almost made two hundred. Yeah. So well, this and, one, and, and normally you make, you know, what what's the number? Normally you make about like forty percent of your overall in your first weekend mm-hmm. that's normally the big blockbusters unless and, you have legs like and it still made a hundred million after opening weekend exactly. so it had great legs from that standpoint and and this one's not going to get up to that that 138 million by any means right. but i could see it getting to like a 60 70 million just because you know next week it it does pretty close to what it did this week. <laughs> because next week is a is a wasteland of, of film options and you got to remember too this movie costs like pennies right comparatively make. it costs like 20 million dollars yeah. which and is it's, probably the the difference of filming in west virginia and versus, north carolina versus vegas versus vegas <laughs> so um and and it's i mean i'm gonna let you take the lead on this but it's fucking great yeah so it's great for those of you that don't know logan lucky which it would be a travesty if you don't. It's sad. It, uh, we live in a sad world. It's basically the story of a couple brothers. Um, the Logan brothers. That are unlucky, unlike the title. Um, and they basically are trying to figure out a plan to turn their luck around, make some money. Because mm-hmm. um, times are hard and, and jobs are tough to come by. Yep. Um, you also have the dynamic of uh, the one brother, Channing Tatum's character's uh, little daughter. And yep. his sort of, uh, I guess, divorce relationship, the with, relationship his, with, with his ex, his, and his also kind of, Roy from the Office, which is fantastic. Yes, David Denham. David Denham as Moody Chap. The character Moody Chapman. The character names in this movie alone, fantastic, are fantastic. You have you have Jimmy and Clyde Logan. You have Max Chilblain. You have Bobby Joe Logan Chapman. You have. Dayton White, Sam Bang, Fish Bang, and Joe Bang. Yep. You have Moody Chapman, like, f- and and all played by excellent actors. And and you have kind of the Ocean's Eleven esque, where it's like they form kind of this team of randoms, misfits, yeah, very much um, so. And they pull off this this heist. Um, at or the, a, at the speedway at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Charlotte Motor Speedway, um, and so there's this whole thing that goes into it, and we're staying away from spoilers. But yeah, spoilers will come at the end of the. I at think the, end the, of the, the my main takeaway when I first walked away. I mean, it was one of my favorite parts about the Ocean's movies in general are the characters, like whether they have ten minutes of screen time or whether they're you know one of the main characters, right. like. Danny Ocean. And, right, like and, Bucky Buchanan from yeah. Saratoga's like, got two lines and he's great. Like, they're just fantastic. And that's the same thing with this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, most of these actors are are big name people. But sure. then you have, and this one's kind of a spoiler, but you've got two NASCAR guys playing the Highway Patrolmen. Yep. And they have, like, maybe 15 seconds of screen time. And they're time. great. And it was fantastic. And, I mean, Dwight Yoakam shows up as a prison warden, and he's amazing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody, the small touches throughout the film are are so good, and the characters are so good. And, like, you know, you mentioned Roy from The Office, David Denham, Mm -hmm. plays the husband of of Jimmy Logan's ex-wife. And he's this car dealership guy. And you can kind of see the two different versions of Virginia Hillbilly where Jimmy Logan's got 
the camo shorts, the work boots, um, and everything. Uh, and um, and David Denham's character, Moody Chapman's got the boat shorts yep. and, the and the tucked in shoes. polo. Yep. Um, and, and everything like that. And it's just little touches like that, like the two, like Sam and Fish Bang, yep. like basically being the Malloy brothers yep. uh, from, from the Oceans movies. And I think that's one of the most exciting things was how it fit the, uh, the mold of a heist movie like, uh, like, a, like, a, like a comfortable sweater. Like just just so freaking good and and it met and exceeded and it's just it's great it we've we've talked about heist movies we have a whole episode about heist movies and we are lucky enough to have gotten two great heist movies this summer with baby driver and with this but in that episode we go through what makes a good heist movie, and yep. we're, you, you need to go back and listen to our heist episode, um, and and listen to the things that we talk about about what makes a good heist movie, a heist movie, and this movie hits every single one of those things. Yep, great, great twists, um, great layout of the plan. You you get exposed to the majority of it, but then you get some of the callbacks uh-huh. to see like what actually went down, some uh-huh. things that weren't shown on screen that that brought everything together and the other thing that i love about soderbergh movies um and and especially the oceans and and logan lucky delivered and more is uh, the music it's like david holmes freaking david holmes man like his music like there's there's no words to any of it nope i think you have one (laughs) one actual song in there yep um which plays a big part in the movie um but for the most part, it's all instrumental, but it just kind of keeps that energy up through the whole thing. It's like a fun. It's mm-hmm. always, I mean, we we love his music in, in the Oceans movie, and it's so great in this movie as well. It's, uh, yeah, and, and he really does tweak it enough. And if, if you remember the, you know, j- any of the music in the Oceans movies, and I can't obviously replicate it here, but he, he puts just enough of a spin on it to where it fits in the Virginia mm-hmm. kind of narrative, if yeah. you will. Um, and... I mean, going with the performances. I mean, let's just talk about the performances for a second because what's what's one of my favorite parts about about Logan Lucky is that it takes the Oceans movies, and it, the Oceans and it's it's literally is the antithesis of of the Oceans movies where the Oceans movies had they were just cool and they had style and why are we robbing it because it's never been done and because I'm pissed at this guy who's may, may dating my wife. Like that kind of, and they're just cool as shit, and it's style. And you watch those, and you just want to dress like these guys, and they have the best outfits, the best suits, and there's none of that in this. But <laughs> nope. they they replace that style and that cool with this sort of sweet redneck like ingenuity, like being able to jimmy rig anything. I think Soderbergh put it, um, it's all like rubber band technology. Yeah. Quite literally, in some in some points, and the performances here are amazing. Like we need to just celebrate for a moment what we have gotten with Channing Tatum, because Channing Tatum has has become one of just our our go to entertaining actors. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Step Up, and then he's are we trying to make him like the 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 it boy with like fighting and GI Joe and oh, he's kind of lame and oh, he's in the Eagle and then he works with Soderbergh and Haywire mm-hmm. in 2012 and then he does 21 Jump Street and Magic Mike mm-hmm. and ever since then like I think we can thank Soderbergh for, for sparking the Channing Tatum for lighting the fuse because ever since then he does interesting stuff like he shows up in Foxcatcher in 22 Jump Street in in Magic Mike spoiler alert hateful eight you know hail Mm -hmm. Caesar he does interesting things and he's amazing in this movie he's so good yeah um Katie Holmes all even the small people like Catherine Watterson doesn't have a huge scene as Sylvia but the scene that she is in is very, very sweet, and mm-hmm. she's very, very charming and kind of alluring in her one scene. Even Sebastian Stan, who's mm-hmm. not in it a ton, takes like his whole little yoga regimen is hilarious. Um, and I really, really love that. But you had, obviously, you know, there are a few, um, but you had a few that 
you put at the top of the at the top of the list? Yeah, I think you know I'm not going to talk about it a ton. Uh, I'll let you maybe talk about him more. But Seth, Seth McFarlane was awesome. Was great. He was and, great and at the funny thing a douchebag. Is, is he he plays a douchebag, which he's he's always good at. He's pretty good at it. But like, it's not like he's because he's got an accent in that. Like, it's not like immediately like recognizable that it's like him because right. not like one of his typical voices. He's got that long you're used stringy to hair. He's mm-hmm. got a big old mustache. Yep. He's wearing some Michael Jackson red leather jacket. Yep. Speaking with a, I believe a British accent. It's supposed to be. And, <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. And you kind of are like, I recognize the tone of that yeah. voice. Yep. And he does. He's fantastic in it. Yeah, he's great. Um, and then, you know, Channing Tatum's great. All the supporting actors are great. Um, and I'll, I'll do these kind of backwards. But Adam Driver is just fantastic. He's probably my favorite performance <laughs> from the movie. Uh, he plays, you know, this isn't really a spoiler. He plays the one-armed brother. The one-armed bartender. Yep. He's the one-armed bartender. Um, and he's just so good at that, like, dry like delivery and comedy like uh-huh. he's so dry but like you're laughing out loud at some of the stuff that he does and it's so good and i think we were talking about it too like let's review we haven't had adam driver that long no but let's review like the crazy different roles that he's done he's, in a short period of time. He's jumped all over the place. I mean, he's done his little obviously he's known for his prestige stuff. Like, he's shown up in like Jay Edgar and Lincoln and Inside Lewin Davis and things like that. But now, like, his last obviously, like few movies. Kylo Ren is is when everybody suddenly recognized right. him. Like, well, was, and he blew up with girls. Sure. First and foremost. Sure. Absolutely. But uh, Kylo Ren, The Force Awakens, he's playing the big bad guy in the new Star Wars movies. But then he does like Midnight Special, which was an underrated movie from last movie. year. Yep. Um, he does Silence with Scorsese. Yeah, he plays a Jesuit priest, and I'm, I I apologize is, if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, it but it's happens. a yeah, and I'll admit I didn't see Silence, but right. it looked like a uh, a tough one to get through. You're, it's like an art piece for Scorsese. And yeah, <laughs> it's Scorsese's big religious historical epic, and then he shows up in this. So in the in the span of a couple of of years, he has played the villain in Star Wars, um, a, a priest, Father Francisco Garupe, in Silence, and the redneck hillbilly one armed bartender brother in Logan Lucky. All three of those movies are completely different, and he's just crushing let's, everywhere. Let's look at this though too. Let's think about this. Here are the directors that he's worked with in yep. he's his first movie was Jay Edgar that Clint, he was in Clint Eastwood Clint Eastwood which you don't like but I mean I can you I can gotta uh, give him some credibility I can respect there. his his abilities and I'm gonna jump off of the like big names there's some good ones in there as well yep but Spielberg yep in Lincoln yep Cohen Brothers in, in Lewin Davis J.J. Uh, Abrams. Abrams in Star Wars, Scorsese in Silence, Soderbergh like, in Logan Lucky. Like, that's a pretty, like, there's a lot of actors that have been acting for a long time that haven't acted on, like, that level of directors. With those directors. Yeah. And he's only been doing this for six years. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and so And he absolutely crushes it. I mean, yeah. he is he is like you said, he has a certain dry delivery where you can kind of tell his he's working just a little bit slower than everybody else. Yep. Um and he might be the best performance in the film. He's definitely up there. It's certainly um, not the flashiest though. Yeah. And that the flashiest, which is the last one we'll talk about and this kind of leads us into sort of the theme for this episode right. is Daniel Craig playing Joe Bang. Joe Bang. And and Joe Bang is the the bleached blonde tattooed hilly, hillbilly inmate um that Channing Tatum and Adam Driver's characters reach out to for help um cuz they need on, a bomb on how to get into a safe basically yep. he's he's known in the area this is like back hills of West Virginia <laughs> yep. he's known in the area for having done a broken into a vault mm-hmm. and 
he's the one that they go to. He's currently in prison, which seems like it would be an issue. It might be. Um, but he's this quirky, funny, like just kind of not at all what we've come to expect from Daniel Craig. No. Which kind of leads us to the topic. And he's fantastic. He's amazing. It. But it leads us to kind of the topic of it's so refreshing, fun. There's a lot of terms you could put to it to see people step out of their comfort zone. Yes. Um, there's some actors that are great at it. They play all sorts of different types of roles. Yes. Um, and it's awesome to see. But there's also a lot of people that are, I don't know whether you would call it typecast by the people making the movies or whether it's themselves not wanting to step out of their bubble. Right. But there's a lot of people um that we'd love to see step out of that bubble break so, the mold like because daniel craig i mean you look at daniel craig's filmography and it's filled with a lot of dramas mm -hmm. some action movies you know he, he i mean he's been in some crowd pleasers beyond bond like he was in laura croft mm -hmm. he's done some stuff he was road to perdition he was that's one of, was like his breakout um he's, he's, he's shown his acting chops like oh, yeah. no one no one doubts that daniel craig is a good actor right but you've kind of seen him in very similar type of role right. over and I'm over a, again. I'm a, I'm a leading man in a, in he's, a serious he's, he's role. He's played good and bad, but he's always a serious role right. um, for the most part. And so you got to see him really step out of his shell. And Holy shit, does he step out of his shell in this movie? I mean, the closest we've gotten to him stepping out of his shell was being a random stormtrooper in Star right. Wars. Or like being a voice <laughs> in Tintin. And in this yeah. movie, he's just, he's so funny. He's just, he's having a blast. Absolutely. He's laughing, he's cackling, he's using this amazing accent yeah. when he's like flirting with everybody. Yep. Like, the, I mean, you see it in the trailer when he's just like, no peeking. Yep. <laughs> um, like, he's just hilarious in this movie. He's, you can tell that he's having an absolute blast. And, and the audience has a blast with him because he is so entertaining and so fucking funny. Yeah. Like he's funny. And we need more of that. We need more of it. And it's some people have tried. Some people haven't tried. And some people have done it well. And so and yeah, so some have fallen flat. But you know what? Even the people that have fallen flat, like I respect the effort. At least like, you try. I at least like Hell them. Yeah. You know, and cuz credit. Cuz to me when props. you step out of your shell and it's a bomb I don't really count that as much as like cashing a check. Right. Like if you go and do like the same old role that you can kind of ho hum sleepwalk through, like that to me is cashing a check. Right. But if you step out of your comfort zone, do something that's not in your wheelhouse and it tanks, like that's fine. Like thank you for the effort. I'll applaud the effort. Exactly. But But I think nowadays actors have to do that. Like it's not like the eighties anymore where because remember the eighties and the nineties and, and and even going into the seventies Films were especially popular films. They were actor driven. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna go see the new Schwarzenegger movie, and Schwarzenegger was Schwarzenegger for 30 years. He just did his thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna see the new Stallone movie. I'm gonna, you know, Stallone is Stallone, except for maybe one or two examples. Sure. Um, and nowadays, I think actors are more forced to diversify their their choices. At the risk of becoming stale because audiences aren't just going to see the new Jennifer Aniston movie. We need to – what makes this different? What makes this unique? We, we seek difference. We seek uniqueness and we seek characters and stories and, and creative directors more than just, oh, it's the next, you know, Channing Tatum movie. Yeah. So let's have some fun with this. Let's All right. uh, let's let's go through some – some of our favorites. Um, so some, I'll, of, some of our favorites. I'll, who, I'll, who, th I'll throw the question at you. Okay. Let's let's hear some of your favorite successful. We'll start with the successful ones. Okay. Um, of actors or actresses who have kind of stepped out of their comfort zone, and it's been a really good success and or something that you really enjoyed. Doesn't mean the movie was necessarily sure, a success. Sure. But their role itself was something memorable or fun or something that we really enjoyed. Of course, I'm gonna go with. A, I'm gonna start with a few that are a little bit more well publicized and a little bit more talked about. Starting with like you go all the way back, and I say all the way back, but you go back to like '94, '95 when John Travolta showed up in Pulp Fiction. Like John Travolta was at the time he was look who's talking. He was Saturday Night Fever. He was Grease, and then he was look who's talking. He was make these family comedies, mm -hmm. and then he shows up in 
Pulp Fiction. And everyone was like, oh, shit. Like, Travolta completely changed his career after that. And he completely went in a different direction, and he fell into another hole. Um, <laughs> but John Travolta and Pulp Fiction, Jim Carrey, um, I think we all know how, obviously, Jim Carrey blew up as a com- comedic actor and, and was the top comedic actor for several years. But then he started slipping into comedy more with The Truman Show and Internal Sunshine and Man on the Moon. And and he never really got the the awards credit that he, I feel, deserved. Um, but that's a big example. Another example of that is Robin Williams. You know, obviously Goodwill Hunting, but then you have movies like One Hour Photo and Insomnia where he's just straight up playing a bad guy. Um, but some of my favorite ones that aren't really talked about at the top of the list, I got to mention, got to throw throw my love to the late Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest. Absolutely. Like one of the best. Um, and just, just. The fact that he wears that fucking thing on his head the whole movie is never give up. It's amazing. Never, never surrender. surrender. <laughs> so good. Um, the Expendables. A very underrated movie too. Very underrated movie. There, I hear they're working on a, a television series. That'd be fun. Um, which would be very Tim exciting. Needs to work. Uh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, he just lost his show. He's available. That's right. Uh, in the Expendables, the, the the first Expendables movie didn't really. I mean, obviously you cast all these badasses. But the next two really went out of their way to cast their villains as somebody exciting. Mm-hmm. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was the villain in the second one. And Mel Gibson was the villain in the third one. And they were fantastic. Jean-Claude Van Damme as a villain was so good. And Mel Gibson. And it's just they were great. Um, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, obviously. Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman in Along Came Polly. Stallone, although, you know. Rain Man. He could. <laughs> he could. <laughs> Uh, Jesus, that God, uh, late Philip Seymour Hoffman again, pour, pour one pour out one for out. him. Um, Sylvester Stallone has, has for the most part stuck with his mold, but he's broken it a couple times with Copland and with Spy Kids. Like, I, I failed to mention that he showed up in Spy Kids, and as shitty as that movie he, he is, he might prefer if you failed to mention. I mean, probably, I mean, but he at least tried, absolutely, you know. Um, Colin Farrell and Horrible Bosses. Another great example of, or like even Chris Pine in Horrible Bosses too. Yeah, like just like these leading men who just were going to be fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> and then probably my favorite one, just because of how little it's talked about, but Adrian Brody in Predators. <laughs> Again, not the best film in the world. Sure, and Adrian Brody, somebody who's kind of dropped off the face of the earth a little bit. But when, like, Adrian Brody got jacked for that movie, and he didn't get Arnold jacked, but he got, like, U.S. Special Forces jacked. Yeah. Um, and he was um, excellent in that. Like, he was great, and I he bought He wasn't the it. issue with the movie. He was not <laughs> the issue with that movie. I mean, that movie honestly doesn't have many issues no. for, for a Predators movie. Um, but those are some of my favorites. Just not really an official list or anything, but definitely it it it. I mean, and then you got to mention, like, I don't think he's on either of our lists, but you look at the cross marketability of Mark Wahlberg now mm-hmm. when he did The Other Guys and sure. then he did Ted. And now you're just as excited to see him in a comedy as you are in a drama or yeah. an action film. Absolutely. So the, I think the big point is that if you can pull this off and you can do it successfully, just like Daniel Craig did, you can get more audiences more excited about the next project you're working on yeah um and so that's 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 my sh- short list yeah well and i I've, I've got some of them we actually overlap in a couple of movies uh-huh. so credit to those movies for pulling some people into different type of roles they were gunning uh, for it but uh going back to horrible bosses i i was a big fan of jennifer aniston i feel like she could have gone further in that i would have loved for her to go further um, you know there was some of the same old jennifer aniston in there uh, but it was fun to see like a kind of quirky, like different version of her the sexy, um, naughty version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, red, red blooded straight American male over here really appreciated that. Yeah, movie. You had a lot of issues with that. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in Tropic Thunder, going back to Tropic Thunder, which uh-huh. Downey Jr. <laughs> playing a white guy. Who I left, I left this black one. Guy. <laughs> I left this one playing an Australian guy. Yeah. He's playing an Australian guy playing a black guy. Yeah. Uh, but I left a big one up for you. So, yeah, you, you gave me a low-hanging fruit from that movie, too. It was Tom Cruise in, in Tropic Thunder yeah. playing a fat, overweight, 
I don't know, kind of bad guy. Uh, yeah, or dick. Like, just like jerk. vulgar. Yeah. Crude son of a bitch, Les Grossman producer, movie yeah. studio head. Absolutely. Amazing. He was amazing in it. Like, that's those two roles are by far the best two roles from that movie. Yep. And it's not even close. Nope. <laughs> and both of them were like severely out of both of their comfort zone. Yeah. Funny enough, the two people that are the comedians, Jack Black and Ben Stiller, like, they were good, but they're they, not what they I remember do anything from different. that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was like a really minor character, but you know, it's it's our podcast, and I, you know, I I got to find a way to Im, uh, sort of input some you, of our favorite movies. You do what you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Helen Mirren in Fate of the Furious. <laughs> uh, Just, yeah. It's not that she did such a fantastic job in the role. I mean, she was fine. She was a small character, right? Um, but just the fact that she wanted the story to do it. around it that she wanted to be in mm -hmm. a Fast and the Furious movie was just awesome to Amazing. me. Amazing. Like, those are the things that make me such bigger fans of actors when I see that mm -hmm. they're not just these, you know, pretentious actors, but, like, they're actually a fan of some movies and will put aside their ego just to be involved. I just want to be in like, part of these movies. going back to Daniel Craig, like, being a stormtrooper in yeah. Force Awakens just so he could be in a Star Wars movie. I love that. And like all the other actors that are lining up, like willing to be like bit parts yeah. in a Star Wars movie just to say they were in a Star like Wars Simon movie. Like Simon Peggs was was in it. And I think Tom Hardy's in the next one. Yeah. Probably as another stormtrooper. Probably. <laughs> um, you could also say with Helen Mirren, the red films. Yeah. As absolutely. well. Because Helen Mirren was prestige, mm -hmm. Helen Mirren. And then she did red where she's an assassin. Yep. Parlayed that in a fast fate of the furious. Yep. Uh, and then the last one for me, your boy, your uh, come to be president of the United States at some point. The uh, Rock. The Rock. Dwayne in the Rock Johnson. And be cool, where he plays <laughs> just a complete off the wall, goofy, the 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 singing gay bodyguard. Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, if 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 you're a big Rock fan, like, didn't seem like a. A huge stretch for him but at that point in the career he was like scorpion king and right. he was like still very Walking much a wrestler tall, the you know, like and so like you were just thinking okay the rock's gonna be just another action star that right. kind of thing and he goes and bees and is like he's still jacked and huge yeah but he's like completely the character the, be cool is not a great movie by any means it's but not great like, the rocks character is super memorable from it's that the movie. best part of that movie absolutely and, and that's the, i mean credit to the rock as we talked about this earlier uh the, the fact that he made that movie and he did the game plan and he did the tooth fairy a lot of people don't realize he made those decisions consciously because he knew he didn't want to be pigeonholed as just you know the dumb action star and granted he's making a shit ton of action movies um, now, none but of, he's the biggest star in the world. Well, and none of this is saying go away from your moneymaker. Like, right, of course we're not, not. We're not telling Bruce Willis to 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 branch off and stop being, you know, the John McClane Right, well, types. maybe nowadays. Well, nowadays. But, but yeah, it allowed him to stretch, to put it into terms that The Rock would, would probably use. It allowed him to stretch and exercise different muscles, his comedic yep. chops, his acting chops, which you don't normally think of in films like that, but... So yeah. those were successful ones. Some really successful ones. But let's go to the other side of things. There's there's been some flops. I mean, one could say Sylvester Stallone and Spy Kids. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Spy Kids. Great, <laughs> great way to kick it off. I'll lead this one off and let you uh, bring up the rear. Uh, first one that came to mind to me, and, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bad movie. Some of these, you know, they didn't really have a great chance because the movie was bad already. Right. But Robert De Niro and Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> Movie was terrible. That whole movie was miscast. <laughs> it was really poorly cast. Like, how do you not cast Danny DeVito and Nicole Kidman as Boris and Natasha? Right? You're going to cast Jason Alexander and Rene Russo? Right. What the fuck are you doing? Did the proper people not return their I mean, phone maybe, calls? I mean, maybe. That probably rejected? is. Like, these were probably, like, the third or fourth choices. I also have De Niro on my list um, for Stardust. I don't know if you remember... When the Lord of the Rings came out, they were trying to launch fantasy franchises <laughs> left and right, and I think Stardust. I tried to block that out of my memory. Stardust is one where he played, um, he played like a cross-dressing pirate, which, like, listen, props to De Niro. You Absolutely. know, you, you stretched, you, you went for it. That movie, though, <laughs> eh, sorry, dead on arrival. 
Uh, next one for me is uh, <laughs> a movie that I had lots of hope for uh, because I enjoyed what launched it originally yeah. in Pitch Black. Yep. But Chronicles of Riddick yep. and Judy Dench. Just like, I'm going to show up. In a vi- what is it about these old women wanting to show up? And older <laughs> women. I don't want to say old women. I, I, I apologize. What is it about these veteran actresses that just want to show up in Vin Diesel maybe movies? They're, maybe they're like your mom. Hey, watch it. My mother is a sweet lady, David. Who just loves be- Vin Diesel. Just because she's a Vin Diesel fan or a fan of The Rock. It does means nothing. <laughs> different people like different things. But yeah, I mean, listen, there's not much to remember about Chronicles of Riddick. Not but a ton. She is definitely not memorable mm. and, and definitely falls a little flat there. Yeah. Um I'll let then, you I'll let you finish off here. And list. then my last one, this one, you could you could argue that she had already kind of ventured into this. Um and done it relatively successful, but Halle Berry and Catwoman, like she was that supporting oh role of Storm, uh, and she was great. She was a great Storm. Yeah, I, I love the casting of her as yep. Storm. Um, but then she wanted to be thrust into this lead Catwoman. Catwoman, and they based the whole movie around it, mm. and it was. I mean, it's notorious. It's, it's notorious. It's regularly on lists of worst movies ever of, of all time. And this is a freaking Academy Award winning actress in one of the worst movies of all time. And that, I mean, I mean, if we're at least at least for Affleck when he did Geely, he uh, <laughs> hey, he's made a rebound. Watch after. it, watch it, watch watch your Affleck talk. But has I mean, if you think about Halle Berry, has she really? Rebounded after Catwoman. I mean, fully? she's doing like she's got Kidnap out right now, which is not like a. It's a but I mean, she's it's a gone solid from like thriller. a the it woman actor, right? Female actress um, into now we get these kind of B plus level movies. Like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, she definitely. I don't know if she ever fired her agent or anything like that, <laughs> but. I mean, she was the the thing. I mean, for the longest time, she was huge. And then, like, you know, she. I mean, she's done some stuff. But ever since she won her Oscar, like, she did Bond and she did the X-Men movies. But then she did Catwoman. And it's just like, oh, uh, God. You know, Cloud Atlas. Dark t- and then she did, like, a bunch of, like, shitty movies. But, like, her days is, like, the lead have like moved into these She's basically been able to coast on the X-Men roles. She's in she's got Kingsman, Kingsman coming out. We'll be excited to see that. Yep, I'm in, sure. I'm into she's that. She's got some good work in this year cuz 2016 she played didn't herself. do anything. She was in Kevin Hart's She did 2015 she didn't 2015, do anything. She did nothing. And 2014 all she did X-Men. was reprise her role of Storm. Yeah. So up until Kidnap her last movie was in 2013 when she did The Call. Which when she is was the another one of those... which is kind of the same script as Kidnapped, as far as like that type of role. She's the lead, but it's not like. But, but that's like that's where for some reason she got into this niche of like, I'm gonna make these little thrillers for like twenty million dollars, and they're gonna make like fifty, and they'll be profitable. Which she should be bigger than that. But regardless, all right. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to take us on a Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Tangent. We went on a Halle Berry. Uh, <laughs> bender for a second uh i have a few i'm gonna burn through these pretty quickly um not many people would say that daniel day lewis has failed at at anything but when he was in the musical nine um that movie was not well received was that supposed to be an italian accent it was a well it was a remake of an italian film it was a remake of eight and a half fellini's eight and a half um so i don't know what he was trying to do i mean props to him for doing something different but fucking kind of. Daniel Day-Lewis ain't going to show up in an Adam Sandler any movie anymore, <laughs> which leads me into my next mention, which is Al Pacino in fucking Jack and Jill, <laughs> which, let's be honest, Pacino is the best part of that movie. It's true. But the fact that, like, this is, like, this is the movie you go full comedy on, Pacino? This? God, help us all. Um, I have Ashton Kutcher in Jobs. 
Okay. Like, yep, yep. the butterfly effect was good, Ashton, but you're not a serious actor. No. Get the fuck out of you're here. You're definitely not Steve Jobs. You're not Steve Jobs. <laughs> I don't care how much you look like him. Do you think Steve Jobs would have been happy with the casting decision of Ashton Kutcher? Maybe, because he's like, ooh, I got cast with a young pretty boy. Like, there's there might be a little bit that of, that like... Steve Jobs. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, and then last but certainly not least, and I told you he was going to be on my list, Sean Penn in the Angry Birds movie. <laughs> Because fuck you, Sean Penn, and I'm Sean. We're gonna bring Sean Penn in, and we're gonna have him voice this character, and this is gonna be the majority of his work. Mm. Like just groaning. I think this is just more of your hate of Sean Penn. It's part of it. Like, listen, I'm not gonna you lie. You don't hate on on Vin Diesel for just saying Groot over and over. Vin Diesel's <laughs> great at delivering "I am Groot," and he was great at voicing the Iron Giant. But when Sean, you can't even get Sean Penn to come in and say a word. And we're going to just put him in this Angry Birds movie. You know what, Sean Penn? Why don't you stay where you're good at making pretentious shit? Why don't you just stay over there, Sean Penn, and we won't pay attention to you anymore? Get the fuck on. Tell me Jesus. what you really think. This podcast was almost called uh, I Hate Sean Penn. <laughs> it's true. Like it's, it's true. I talked him off the ledge on that one. Um, all right, so we'll, now, cl we'll close this up. It should be mentioned that, yeah, except for Sean Penn, all of these roles and all of these, you shot your shot. Yeah. You, you did. You, you gave it a shot, and it didn't work out. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. And that's why we have a few people who we think need to expand the space, branch out, and, do and, something different. And, and I'll kick it off with... Be Daniel Craig. I'll kick it off with... The guy that you could have easily put into Daniel Craig's role right. here, and I would have been just as pumped about it. Yep. And one that we've been begging for years and years and years to see, and that's Christian Bale. Just do a comedy. Just do a—I mean, he's— At least show us that you can actually laugh. You haven't laughed since the Newsies. Like— I mean, and that was a long time and, ago. And, you know, he was funny in American Hustle, but, like, that, that ain't I a comedy. I still don't remember him laughing. No. <laughs> No, I mean, he gained a bunch of weight. He played a big, flat yep. schlob, um, and that's it. But, like, you tell me Christian Bale doesn't show up in, like, this or, like, a Muppet movie or or something. Like, now, granted, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Christian Bale is taking part in uh, Andy Serkis's Jungle Book m movie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's interesting. I'm interested in that. It's a little bit different. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, but who's the character that he's playing? Right, exactly. He's playing like Bagheera or like I the think noble he's Shere Khan, wolf. isn't he? I don't think he's Shere Khan. I think Cumberbatch is Shere oh, Khan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but like, I'm like, do a comedy. Christian Bale, please. Like, I love Christian Bale. I'm Christian Bale's doing something I'm interested I'm in. in. But it's just, I don't. I just don't understand. I don't know, man. I think I think the other thing he could benefit from, not that this really affected his his box office or acting career or ability to get jobs, but you remember when the whole video came out or yeah, the, the whole, clip of him yelling at the yeah lighting person or whatever. Like, let's just show that you got a sense of humor that you're not this angry guy that everybody I mean <laughs> likes to poke fun of. I mean, you know that like you did like American Psycho, you did Shaft, you did Reign of Fire, like you've done different kind of movies sort of in a way but most of them are just dramas i mean Heck. even the big short which was a comedy which was funny you were the least funny fucking part about the big short yeah i mean heck how about you just even being a you know the other thing that he'd benefit from with a comedy is he'd have a movie that's not over two hours hey <laughs> Great point. Because I think good point. every single movie of his is over two hours. That being said, he's got he's got Hostiles coming out, which I know we're excited for. Yeah. Um, he's working on the oh he's Bagheera in the Jungle Book. So yep. like I'm I'm there. Yep. Um, I have a couple as well. I mean we we have some that that we, we can bounce off of one another. One of my big ones is Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is is Jimmy Stewart. He's America's sweetheart, right? Imagine. What it would be like if Tom Hanks played a villain, but like a true villain. Um, and I think he tried to do some of that in like the circle this year, kinda. which nobody fucking saw. Um, yeah. But like it kind of goes back to Harrison Ford. And this didn't wind up on my list, uh, shockingly enough. But when Harrison Ford, spoiler alert, winded, wound up as the villain in What Lies Beneath, 
one of my favorite twists. My head exploded. Uh, it's such a good reveal. And so if Tom Hanks were to do something like that or just I, – I mean, I don't even know if he's capable of it. He's Tom Hanks. He's such a nice fucking guy. Yeah. Um, but that would be really cool to see. Yeah, and, and you know I'll run through a couple quickly. Sure. Yeah, Mel Gibson, um, he's played some fun roles uh-huh. before, but never been like full comedy. We're getting him in Daddy's Home too. Yep, we're so, bringing him back. So, and there's <laughs> been kind of a resurgence of Mel. You Bring know, him back. He had a little rough stretch there in his he's life. He's been gone for, a while. for ten years. He served his time. He's, uh, you know, he's back in the director's seat. Academy Award nominated. He's, uh, he's getting some work in. It's I love good it. to see him back. Um, one that I don't know what I would cast him in, but he is one of the most typecast actors out there right now. Michael Sarah. Like, oh Christ! <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know what he could play, but he's always the nerdy, goofy, teenager. Right. Adolescent. There was one movie where he played a douchebag, didn't he? Was he? Was he? Did he play like a douchebag of himself in This Is the End? He might have been. I think. I think they made him as a douchebag in This Is the End right. instead of being his normal, but. He's one that's always the same character yep. in it. Uh, and then last for me um, is is Will Smith. And we've talked about this some. Like, there's stories about how calculated Will Smith is in, in his, his projects. Movies, yep. In his projects. Um, there's even stories about roles that he's said no to that ended up blowing up that you're like, oh, Will Smith would have been amazing in that. Right. The closest we've really had to Will Smith as a bad guy was Suicide Squad, where he's or, playing a criminal. Or um, you probably don't that Winter's Tale movie. Uh, he like plays the devil for one scene. True. I mean, but but you're right. Like, I want to see evil Will Smith. Yeah. Even just like super villain Will. Put Smith. him in, you know. Make him the, the next Bond opposite bad guy. end. Yeah, make him a Bond bad guy. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like do something. Like. Because we've had funny Will Smith, right? We've had action hero Will Smith, right? You know, we've had those roles already. We've had dramatic Will Smith. Smith. Like, let's get like full on bad guy. Like, we've had the last two Bond bad guys were Javier Bardem and Christoph Waltz, well known for playing psychopaths. Yeah, let's get somebody different. Let's let's go through the list of your recent movies, Will Smith. It's not like you could use a little, little bit of a bump, a little something different, little something. I, I agree 100%. Um, I have a couple as well. Um, same thing with showing up in a comedy. I want to see Leo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio do more comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street is, is I mean, the guy is dedicated to his craft, right? But Wolf of Wall Street has some of the funniest physical comedy ever by DiCaprio. Like the Quaalude scene and the Popeye spinach scene is absolutely amazing. Um, and then the last one that I'll mention because – we could say that I want to see Stallone play a bad guy. I want to see Clooney play a bad guy. I want to see Brad Pitt play a bad guy. Um, I want to see The Rock more so than anybody else branch out more. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see because he's uh, supposed to be Black Adam, which is the bad guy against Shazam. Mm-hmm. But from everything that I hear, like they're poisoning him as like an anti-hero, which like I, I would rather just see villain The Rock. Yeah. Um, like we know you like we know the rock we know he can do it uh, i just and i'm not mad if he ain't going to do it you know you were villain the rock in the mummy too like i get it you were cgi most of the time terrible cgi but i would i would love to see bond villain the rock or marvel villain the rock or i mean if if you're going to do dc villain like do dc villain the rock yeah and i'm into it um but yeah, like you know, for the most part, I think actors breaking against type is only going to help them. Which will bring us to our conclusion here, where we're going to go through some of our favorite scenes, some yes. of the spoilers from the movie. Getting back to the movie, uh, Logan, Logan, lucky spoilers. If if you if you want to stop now, we understand. It's remember, like, go see it. Go see it. Like, rate, and subscribe. The Popcorn Diet on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at The Popcorn Diet because we're going to spoil the shit out of Logan Lucky, which most of the fun is in the twists. Absolutely. So we've already talked about it. This movie is doesn't fall short in any area. No. Like acting, directing, music. Everything you want. Everything is as you want. Um, some of my favorite parts were – and and – 
Steven Soderbergh is just so good at this. But right. like, we get this sort of. We don't know at the beginning of the movie whether Channing Tatum and Adam Driver's characters are dumb or like <laughs> intelligent because like right. they're rednecks. So like you generally think of a redneck being not intelligent, right? But they're perfectly capable. Like, but and even as he's trying to pitch his brother on his plan, like <laughs> you kind of get the feeling like okay, he made this like model yeah. out of cardboard yeah. type of thing and he's going through this process obviously seems well prepared he's got this list on the fridge of things that you don't do and it seems like he probably took it from like watching like movies the or heist something list. like yeah. heist movies put it together a team build a plan make shit's gonna happen don't yeah. get greedy remember shit happens hang up and walk away know when to walk <laughs> away yeah um so you kind of get this feeling like okay like, they kind of know what they're doing, but you're kind of used to, like, traditional redneck movies where it's, like, flying on the seat of their pants um, type of situation. Like, I go back to a not-great movie from last year, uh, Masterminds, where right. it was, like, that's kind of, like, the redneck, like, hillbilly heist type of thing. That it you're... feels like those guys didn't have, like, they made Masterminds with a lack of respect. Yeah. And this one feels like it. it's a, almost, it's, it's a very touching kind of ode to like that particular culture and region but he does such a good job of like as you go throughout the movie continuing to doubt like do they have everything thought through well right on this, are, or, or are they, they just making this up as they go and along? as they go through the heist and there's things like the smoke starts coming out of the concession stand uh -huh. you're like oh crap like this is going to cause them to get caught because they send security down there right um and then like they randomly run into a guy smoking in the closet and you're right. like, you see the name and it's someone that had been talked about earlier in the movie, but he was referenced as like a mechanic for right. them to go see. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay, like that the, was, that was probably planned. Or the gate, like the gate, like they try to get through a gate and it doesn't open. Yeah. Or when the one driver crashes and uh what's his name's in there um seth mcfarland's characters right in there and, and runs into him and that was obviously not planned from that standpoint so right. there's all these things that you're like oh crap like this might mess it up and then it finishes and he gives the money back but we don't really know why he gave the money right. back um and then there's this kind of period where it's like Okay, he gave the money back. All these people are, you know, people are getting out of jail. People are going They're back to regular life. They're kind of mad at him. Life. He didn't tell them. Like, and you're thinking like, okay, this is kind of a weird place. Like, you know, it's Soderbergh and you know kind of how he works. So, you know, there's going to be I'm, some kind of reveal. I'm going on the journey with him. But then it all gets sort of, the puzzle pieces get put together. It's your favorite part of a heist movie. It's amazing. Showing and, you the things that you didn't see at the time. And it's so great. And then at the end... And we talked about this just like Ocean's Eleven. It's just like Ocean's Eleven. How at the end scene when they're driving away from prison, when they pick up Danny from prison, you got uh, the two Benedict's guys. Benedict's guys following them. Right. Like, like they, they don't know. have any evidence still. They're not out of the clear. Them, but they know that they're there. Uh-huh. And then in this one, you've got this FBI agent that couldn't prove anything couldn't track them down right. obviously is like this hard-nosed hillary swank who's awesome in her she's great again. yeah she's um, not in it a ton but she's great you know and she's kind of that appears to be that fbi agent going off the reservation like unable to accept no for an answer right. even though the speedway everybody else wants to just be done with it right they got um, the insurance payout and it's so it's so fun like it's such a great ride. And she's sitting there at the end. They're all at the bar. They're all talking. They're not like gloating about the heist. Yeah. But they're all of the people that she was trying to piece together. Are all there together. They're all there at the bar. They're all sharing shots. And then she's sitting across from the bar. And they don't know who she is. Yep. And it's it's exactly like Ocean's Eleven where they're, they're, they're not out of the clear. You yeah. know? Um, you're right, man. It's and and it fits. It hits the. It puts the crew together. And the fact that like when he gave the money back, that just goes back to don't get greedy. Yeah. They took enough money that they could let some money get discovered, and then they took the money that they wanted, and yeah. they they stashed it, and they're fine. 
Um, I love that reveal. But one of my favorite parts about the movie is how surprisingly sweet it is. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it was, it was really kind of took me by surprise at how surprisingly sweet the um, the relationships were between Channing Tatum's character and his daughter, and his daughter is being groomed for this pageant. This this you know young you know the, the beauty pageant right and Channing Tatum's ex wife played by Katie Holmes who's also great uh, you know is kind of that waspy kind of the the she's she was the hillbilly but she's got money now yeah so I'm better than all of this whatever and there's just little touches to that relationship like how they talk about ice cream Channing Tatum and his daughter or how like Channing Tatum picks up his daughter and like she's like you got to take her to the tanning salon and he's like I ain't going to take her to the tanning salon to gets the self tanner puts it in a spray paint can uh, yeah, like and, a car spray and, like paint. a car spray paint can and just has her standing in her swimsuit <laughs> like hold your arms out don't breathe it in and just spray tans her in the garage yeah. and then all the way to the end when um also I love how uh you know you're running all the way to the end to to keep with my point um when she's supposed to sing umbrella for her mm -hmm. song and they play back to the very beginning where she sings take me home country road and how that's her daddy's favorite song. And it's like, I was shocked. I was really taken aback by how sweet it was because she's singing this solo, no music, take me home, country road. And then the audience is quietly singing with her. And I thought, and 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 you see Channing Tatum and how proud he looks. And I thought that was a really sweet kind of tribute to that region of America. Um, and uh, I also want to mention, uh, as we get ready to wrap up here, where you have Ocean's Eleven, well, you're going to need a crew of guys running a number of cons. Yeah. That's exactly – you got a crew of guys running a number of cons, such as the prison. Uh, yeah. One of the funnest parts about this movie is that Best they have scene, to – scene in my opinion. They have to break out Joe Bang, Daniel Craig, and Clyde, Adam Driver, from prison so that they can take part in this heist and then get them back into the prison without anybody noticing. Mm -hmm. So that on its own would make a movie. Like we got to get these guys yeah. out of the prison. But they do so by staging a fake riot. Mm -hmm. They have They have the – um, they get one guy to basically, or a couple of guys to basically start a fake riot, um, and the <laughs> the fucking warden played by Dwight Yoakam is too proud to call backup. So he's like, "We don't have we don't have riots here at this prison. We're not calling backup. We can handle this." And their demands are <laughs> they want more Game of Thrones books in the library. And, um, they're, and they're talking through whatever the book that I don't think it's still come out. Winds even. of Winter. Winds of Winter. Yeah. Um, how they want that book. And he's just like, it hasn't been published yet. I'm reading on the Wikipedia. There's been like two years of delays. He's been stuck in promotions. And, and the, the prisoners are just like. And the TV show is no longer following the, the, the plot, the script of the book. The prisoners are like, no, this is Daenerys and Jon Snow haven't even met yet. And, and the warden is just. They've diverged from the books, and the prisoners are just like, "This is bullshit," um, and that's just a whole diversion. Like that's a whole separate con that they're playing on top of conning the security, and and they don't even blow up the vault. Like they no. just vacuum all the money out. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's so smart, and it's so rewarding. As we talked about with our heist podcast, how you see the plan come together. Absolutely, and how you see it come together first. Oh shit, is this going wrong? Oh shit, is this going wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Ocean's Eleven, they call the cops, and you think, oh, what happened? They disappeared. And then you, oh, we're going to rewind. Oh, the cops were the crew. Same thing. You know, oh, we're going to rewind. And this guy was in on it, and they threw this money away, and they dug it up in the landfill. So fucking good. Like, yeah. go see this movie. It's so good. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, and with that, David, I think that takes us to the end. We can't say any more about it. It's perfect popcorn. Uh, it, it's it's your one of your favorite movies of the year, if it's, not your favorite. It's, it's probably my favorite. I, and this is where I get to. It's my favorite movie. I'm not going to call it the best movie. Sure. I think probably Dunkirk takes that cake as far as sure. the best movie. Uh, but my favorite movie of the year for sure. It definitely passed uh, 
Wonder Woman and nice. Spider-Man and Dunkirk, nice. but such a good time. And and shout out to uh, on our new rating system. Definitely take a look at it. Yeah, uh, Rick's done a good job online of sort of explaining it out. If you want to check it out, we're trying to make it easy for people to understand and and tie back to the podcast. And and so this one's definitely a perfect popcorn rating. Which uh-huh. Rick's getting soft. I mean. Three of his last four movies, he's given pop, perfect so, popcorn. We're, been, we have been blessed with a wonderful summer. Dunkirk and Wind River and now this are like probably like my one, two, and three in some different order. Absolutely. Um, just amazing movies. But yeah, you can read about those ratings uh, on the on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Please, please, please do us a favor. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. If you have somebody that you know that loves movies, we want them to be a part of the Popcorn Diet community. We want them to be a part. We want you to be a part of this this community that just celebrates movies of all different shapes and sizes. So like, rate, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you may listen. But other than that, Mr. David Melhorn, I'm Rick Williamson. We're going to see you next time with a new movie on the popcorn diet.